You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Y'all ready? Let's talk about winning. Winning. Uh, I got a shirt for a reason. Angel's like, are you really? When I ordered on Amazon late one night, I was like, yes, I am. You can wear what you want to wear. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Let's talk about winning. Get your dramatic voice ready. I'm talking about that petty voice, that 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 voice when you want to uh, smear your spouse's uh, face and the fact that you are right and they're wrong. You ready? Got you real petty. Now say it with me. Say winning. winning. Now say it. Say it dramatic. Say winning. winning. Online, we can do better than that, y'all. Drop a comment. We can do better than that. It's America, y'all. Land of the free, home of the winners, right? Yeah. Right. Grinding, swagger. Say it one more time. Say winning. Rihanna said it best. She said, so live your life. (laughs) Winning. It's not what you think, though. Winning isn't what you think, and it's not going to happen the way you think or like you think. I promise you that. And if you don't figure it out, you ain't going to win. You're just going to give the appearance of winning at best. Ah, you know what? Stand up with me. Uh, go ahead, stand to your feet if you can. If you have health issues, by all means, stay down. We got you. I, I want you to enjoy this. Uh, instead of telling a story that makes you laugh, lightens you up, makes people think, man, this joker really just said that in church, I thought, why not best to start this thing with the scripture? I'm going to let Jesus speak for himself. He's better than me, way better than me. Tell somebody, say, I'm ready. I shouldn't have to ready you with uh, some story to lighten you up, to hit you hard, and, and, and things we all need to hear. Say, I'm ready. Say, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Jesus said, in a little while, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. Uh, Speak right now. Just say live. Say that word. Say live. That's the will of God. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever season you've come out of or going into, whatever you're facing, whatever you had not been able to overcome and don't know if you can, whatever mountain's in front of you, just say live. That is the will of God for your life. Say it one more time. Say live. That is his will. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I am the door. The person who enters through me will be saved. Salvation is so much more than one day. We just sell it short and we'll be able to come in and go out and find pastor. Jesus is talking about freedom here and peace. A thief comes to steal and kill and destroy those things, but I come to give life and life in all its fullness. Say live. Live. Say live. You You may not think you can again, but say live. Jesus said, whoever uh, has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. I will show myself to you. That's not talking about in heaven. That's talking about right here, right now. Tell somebody, say live. Live. All my people that are struggling. I'm talking about it's a struggle. It's a struggle getting out of bed and getting to church today. Jesus said, I have told you that all this so that you may have peace in me. Not in the hype of your emotions and your roller coaster of your life. Not in your spouse, career, bank account. But in me is where you find peace. Jesus said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Tell somebody, say, yeah. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Tell somebody, say, happy Easter. That's why we're here And for all my people that you feel like you were born into a bad situation, your whole life's been a fight. Jesus spoke this over the blind man in John. He said it was because of it was not because of his sins or his parents sin. Jesus answered this happened 
so the power of God could be seen in them. You may have, your whole life may have been a fight. You may, but I'm going to tell you something. The gospel is you are not sentenced to a life of trauma and tragedy. You are not. You've been through some things. Your whole life has been through, your whole life has been some things. But it's because God wants to make a testimony out of your story. And he wants you to walk out of some tombs today and every day ahead because your story matters. John says that we are overcomers by by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Say winning. Winning. Say winning. Winning. Say it like you mean it. Say winning. Winning. Easter isn't a promise of one day, someday. It is a promise that you get to go out of here in every day, every decision, every season, ups, downs, win, losses, mistakes, and victories. You get to choose it and you decide if you're going to be challenged by it or not. One more time, say winning. My papa Scudder growing up used to, uh, every time we got in the car, he would remind me, fasten your safety strap. I would pray, Lord, let him forget today because I was a chubby boy. I didn't want to be confined in a safety strap or seatbelt. Well, I just, you know what I need to do. As you're seated, remind three people around you because you need to be warmed online. Drop a a comment, say, fasten your safety strap. You may be seated. Oh, Lord, Randall. Lord, right now, help me do justice to the most important, incredible, and powerful holiday that in human history. Help me, help me speak to the potential and promise of it today and one day. Help us choose it. Help us choose it and be challenged by it, Lord. Help us remember the date, Easter Catalyst, April 17, 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I'm going to throw out my whole message right now. You ready? Here it is. You live by losing. You win by losing. 100. 100. You want to win? You win by losing. You live by losing. (laughs) Jesus had to die to rise, y'all. You don't get a resurrection without a crucifixion. You don't get Sunday without Friday. Bible says about Jesus, it says that um, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He had Jesus surrendered his life to save it. And Jesus taught us, he said that a servant is not above his master. In other words, what happened to you is going to happen to me. You don't escape it either. And we don't like that. We fight against it. We fear it. We blame God for it. But Jesus very clearly taught to expect it. Peter said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Trial. I'll get that right eventually. It's not just to expect it. You don't realize you need it, Catalyst. You need some things to break inside of you before you're able to break through. You need some things to die inside of you before you can truly live the way God has called you to live, not the way you think you're going to live. You do not see, we live, you do not win by accomplishing. Winning doesn't happen by accomplishing it, chasing it, conquering it, faking it. It happens by losing, losing it. But we live, in a, we live in a country, we have the privilege and we have the resources to spend our life wasting something that we have to, we don't win by winning and conquering, we win by losing. We do. There's some things that you should have laid to rest in your life years and years and years ago. There's some things, there's some habits, some mindsets, there's some perspectives. 
There's some things that need to die in you that you should have laid to rest and put on the altar many, many years ago, but you haven't, and you will not win until you do. And so if I got some people that came that you want to live, you want healing, you want wholeness, you want life, you want satisfaction and completeness, and you want the victory that on Sundays in churches all across the world right now that they're preaching about. Now, I'm not talking about faking it. I'm not talking about give the appearance of it. I'm talking about truly living in that reality. I got something for you. Tell somebody, say, Ben's got something for you. It ain't, and by the way, it ain't me. Jesus said it. Jesus said it before I was ever even thought of. Jesus said those who want to save their lives will give up true life. Not Rihanna and T.I. I know I got some people in my age when y'all laugh at that. And some good tasting rap too. You want to save your life? Now you don't go buy it. You don't go, you don't go conquer it. You don't achieve it. Jesus said you, you give it up. And those who give up their lives for me will have true life. He said it is worthless to have the whole world if they lose, lose their souls. They could never pay enough to buy back their souls. I'm telling you, you cannot get enough degrees to find healing and wholeness. You can't get a good family and a wonderful spouse won't do it for you. There ain't enough money in the world to find what you think that money's going to get you. It will not happen. And Jesus said it 2,000 years ago, long before we started realizing the dysfunction in the American culture and COVID opened the blinds for everybody to look at their life if they really want to look at it. And long before that, Jesus said, if you want it, you got to lose it. You give it up, you lose, y'all. You lose, you surrender. Luke 9, Jesus says this. Then he said to the crowd, he's talking to a whole crowd right here. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own life. Give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What do you say? Do what I did. A servant's not above his master. If you try to hang on to your life, because we live in a culture where we try harder, we grind harder, we hold tighter. We're control people. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Doesn't say you won't be successful, have a lot of money, a lot of good stuff. It doesn't say you won't get celebrated for the career that you built and the kids that you raised, but it says you will still lose your life. You will not find what you're looking for for there. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will, read that with me, save them. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost and destroyed? That's how you find it. That's how you win. That's how you find wholeness. That's how you find the peace and presence of God all around in your heart when nothing's going right around you and nobody's treating you right around you and nobody sees you and appreciates you around you. You live by losing. You win by losing. And I know, the, I know that I got some people in here that have been in church for years. You're like, I've heard all the scriptures. I've tried that. I've, I've tried that. I've done all that. I, I get you. Here's the thing. That's your problem. You tried. Try harder, hold tighter. Huh. Jesus never asked you to do that. Jesus didn't die to help you do better and act better and, and even be better. And your problem is that you're trying too hard and you're holding on too tight. And we live in a culture where we have a lot of resources to keep doing it for a lot longer than they could a while back in other cultures. But what happens is, is you don't find it there. That's your problem. You know the scripture. You hear it. You're going to hear the message. I'm, I'm just a different package of the gospel because the gospel is a few principles that you apply to your whole life. Easter every day. I'm going to package the gospel some way every Sunday. 
That's your problem. In the verses, it isn't that you've tried it. Your problem is that that's your problem. There's some things you need to surrender. You need to let go of. You need to drop them. You need to drop them now. They need to die. And I'm going to show you that Jesus raises dead people, not good people. I'm going to show you that today because if you truly want to live, you better lose some things because there's some things that you've been holding tight. You got all the appearance of it. Hey, people look at you. They see winning, but you ain't winning. You're absolutely broken on the inside. And you win. You win by losing. You live by losing. Watch this. Peter was the only one to walk on water, but he was not the only one invited to walk on water. He was the only one willing to walk on water. I'm going to say that again for all the people in the back online, all my stubborn people that you don't want to hear me right now because you know this is about to get deep and you don't like it, but I got to hurt your feelings if it'll heal your life and you'll let it in. Peter, Peter was the only one to walk on water, but he was not the only one invited to step out of the boat. He was the only one willing to step out of the boat. This storm was bad. We know that because some of these guys in there were fishermen. They'd fished this spot before. They'd been on this lake and they were terrified. They thought they were going to die. So when God said, when Jesus says, Peter, come on, Jesus is very aware that Peter is the only one that's coming out there to him. And Peter just, I'm talking, wait, no, no, listen. If he doesn't walk on water, no, this is, this is, if he doesn't walk on water, he drowns under the water. If he, it's sink or swim, live or die. This isn't a moment where he's like, man, I step out knowing I'm going to get a miracle. He just steps out and says, I trust you. I surrender. I let go. And we don't read, if we don't read about him walking on water, we don't read about him at all. All the disciples, they loved Jesus. They would eventually grow closer to him. But Jesus was out the boat right then, right there. So Peter wasn't the only one invited. He was the only one willing to jump out of the boat. Peter was an absolute mess. Everybody loves to talk about him. I love to preach about him. It's fun because I got a lot in common with him. But Peter wasn't. Thank you. Thank you. Got one person like, I could it. I could it. Peter was an absolute mess, but he was not defined by his mistakes because he let go. He surrendered. He trusted. He made more mistakes, but he would always gravitate back. You would see it in the New Testament. Paul would even call him out later on, but he would always gravitate back because he let go. He surrendered. Peter was not a tragedy. He was a testimony because he surrendered. And there's some things in your life that you haven't truly found satisfaction, freedom, healing, whatever you need. I don't know what you need. I just know God does and thank God he does. But you don't have it and you don't walk in it and you just hear a preacher preach about it and you can quote the scriptures, but you ain't living it because you need to let go. See, Peter let go. But we live in a culture, we are cynical, we are skeptical now more than ever. I get it, man. My wife and I, last year when they were COVID, we were like, man, we can't come out of this as skeptical as we are. God's going to, we're going to squelch everything God wants to do in us. You hold back. You hold people back. You hold, you're holding on. You hold back. You hold the people you love at a distance. You're so scared and skeptical. You you live scared of losing. You live scared of rejection. You can't take a compliment or you crave them. You're coping, not healing. We're skeptical. This is our culture summed up. We sit here 10 minutes. Is it cold? Is it cold? Is it cold? No, it's July. 
crap ain't cold, it's lukewarm bath water. But that's the culture we live in. We hold back. It's hard to get y'all to worship on Sundays because y'all were just like looking at the next person. You got anxiety and you don't want to get baptized in front of people because you're scared of people. Oh, you can get and you can perform in front of people, but you, can, you aren't vulnerable in front of them. You can make up all the excuses in the world. The truth is you do not, you're not surrendered. You hold on. You grab tighter. You want more control and you will not find life there. You live by losing. You win by losing. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. You can't do enough for it. I'm telling you, you there's some things in your life that are never going to live and you're never going to walk in the peace that you see other people walking in. You're jealous of them. That's why we, get, that's why we love being critical of all the leaders in our world because we wish we could be them. You won't admit it, but it's the truth. You're like, you can criticize them because you know that you ain't got the gall to get up there and do it. You live by losing. You win by losing. It's what happens. It is the gospel, y'all. It is the gospel. And Jesus taught that you're going to lose trying to hold tighter. Trying to, to take on more than you can take. Carry too much. Do everything for everybody and nothing for yourself. You can't even take care of yourself. Pay your own bills because you're spending so much time on everybody else. You need to let go. The reason your life's a mess and everybody else thinks you're such a good caregiver is because you are controlling. It's not that you love them. It's that you are not walking in. You got to lose, man. You got to lose. You got to lose. And it does not feel good to lose. It is. That's why the Jesus said, I will humble those who exalt themselves. I will exalt those who humble themselves. You want to be, you want to win? Jesus said, be like me. Pick up your cross every day and follow me because life is going to go sideways. Here's the thing you need to do. I got you. I got to keep going. Clarity is a byproduct of winning, living and winning. Bible says that um, God is not the author of confusion. Look at our world right now. Look at, look at, hey, look at your business and your job and social media you see nothing but confusion. And the Bible says he's not the author of that. He's the author of clarity, peace. <laughs> Bible said, Paul said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, us, his children. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. What's that? Clarity, level, peace. When life ain't clear, when, life ain't clear, when people ain't clear, when circumstances ain't clear, you can have clarity because you trust him. You, love, you experience his presence. That is the resurrected power that you can have right now. When your kids are breaking your heart, you did the best you could and they're still broken and they didn't grow up in a broken home. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I'm going to tell you, you live by losing and clarity is a byproduct of living and winning. It is a byproduct. If you are truly surrendered to the Lord, you, if you are surrendered to him, if you trust him, if you got that Peter mentality that you make some mistakes, but you're honest about them because I'm in, I'm going in. If you got that mentality, clarity is always right behind it. You make mistakes, you get back on track because clarity is a byproduct of it. Always. So my baby boy and baby girl, they are the most stubborn people in my family and I think the most stubborn people I've ever met. And, and people are like, well, you know who they act like. Nope, they're way worse than 36-year-old version and, no, and none of y'all got proof of my younger self and they got some time to prove it. They're going to be better than me then. I'm just saying. But I started thinking, I mean, they're stubborn. They don't hear anything or anybody when they set in their ways. 
I about want to kill Garrett in rehearsal because he's doing, a, I'm telling him, hey, can you do this? And he looks at me and pops off because he's a teenager sitting this high now. And I have to remind him, you know, I, I, I chopped down a tree one hack at a time, big boy. <laughs> Bigger tree than me almost. Well, taller for sure. Going to be a minute before he catches up there, the, the thickness. Smaller than I used to be, though. I ain't comparing myself to anybody, just me. You know, they don't hear nothing. Boy, they, they will literally, they will prove that they know they're wrong, but they will, they will prove that they will not do what you say. It's right. They're going to learn the hard way. And, and I started thinking, you know, we all do that. Our stubborn pride, it blinds us. Because clarity is a byproduct of living and winning and surrender. But what we do is we have no clarity because we are stuck in our stubborn pride. We are set in our ways. We ain't going to let anybody tell us nothing we don't want to hear. We don't hear it. It's just a, in the same way clarity is a byproduct of winning and living. Uh, stubborn pride and blindness is a product of not. In Luke 24, in the resurrection account, there's the disciples. It's the weekend. Jesus is dead. Uh, there's rumors of him resurrecting, but people are cynical. They're skeptical because they don't really believe it. And there's some disciples that are traveling to the road of Emmaus. Traveling, they're traveling to a place called Emmaus, a village. And um, they're talking. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're overthinking. They're in their head. They're trying to figure out what happened because they banked their life on Jesus. The joker's dead. This isn't what we banked our life on. This isn't what Jesus taught us, or at least it wasn't their interpretation what he said because he said what was going to happen the whole time but we get to read it in hindsight they didn't and they're frustrated they're heartbroken and they're sitting there doing what we all do they're venting we call it venting really we're just skeptical and all we do is talk about it all day all we do is dwell on it think on it and they're walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus comes right up on them and he starts talking to them he starts teaching them and he starts teaching and check this out his disciples the disciples they didn't even recognize him stubborn pride does that they don't even recognize him he talked to him he, he sits there and tells him hey this is what's gonna happen it happens to us all the time you run yourself ragged Blinded by your goals and what you haven't done and what you should be and shouldn't be and what should have happened and didn't happen. And you're blinded to everything that God is doing right in your life just like they were blinded. Their Savior was right there telling them exactly that the gospel is still going according to plan, guys. And they didn't hear it, they didn't see it, and they didn't recognize that he was right in front of them. Because clarity is a byproduct of living and winning, which means that blindness and stubborn pride is a byproduct of not. I love this. Luke chapter 24. It says, Then their eyes opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. So when you get to the place that God's calling you, he's immediately going to stretch further because he wants you to know that your ceiling's a lot. He knows you'll settle for a lower ceiling than what he created you to live. Like my daddy. My daddy used to teach me swimming. He's, I learned to swim at like three. And I would just jump in and, and, um, and daddy would continue to go back, back, before I knew it, I was swimming the whole pool. That's what God does. And they finally recognize him. What's he do? He vanishes. That's another sermon, though. I'll save that for another Sunday because I got enough to say today. It says, they ask each other. Check this out. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked, to, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? Clarity. Enthusiasm. Comes from God. Love, power, and a sound mind 
There was just this enthusiasm. We're not our hearts burning within us. I'm going to tell you something. You may be running from it. You may not be honest about it. You may not like it. Somebody may have invited you to here today and you love the person that invited you is why you came. But your hearts are burning within you. There's some things that you've been running from. There's some things that happened in your life that got you off course and off path and you have been running and running and running. But if you're honest with yourself, your hearts are burning within you. But you've been doing all the talking, you've been doing the thinking, the overthinking, you've been doing it on your own terms. You've been trying to pave a path of your own instead of trust God because you were trying to control, you were trying to hold on, you have no clarity. You can make other people believe you have clarity. You can give the appearance of clarity, but you have no clarity because you have not lost. And Jesus said, those who find their life lose it, those who lose it find it. Clarity is a byproduct of living And winning, and you live by losing, you win. You win by losing. I love the Easter account. The girls are going to the grave, right? They're going to mourn Jesus. Mama, Mary, Mary Magdalene. The girls are going to mourn their their son, Savior. They're upset. They get to the grave. Angels there, angels say, hey, he ain't here. He's risen. Just like he said he was going to do. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that all these jokers are like, what? He's resurrected. And we read in the New Testament over and over. He said, hey, I'm going to get crucified. I'm coming back. I'm going to tear down the temple, rebuild it in three days. I mean, it's right in front of them. But what are they? They're blinded because we're blinded. You may not be blinded by what happened 2,000 years ago because you get to read what happened. But you're blinded by your own story and your own stuff and your own stubborn pride. And you know how you find healing from that? Lose. Lose. Surrender it. Surrender it. Give it up. Jesus said, you want to give it up? That's how you're going to find it. And they asked, the girls are like, what? And the angels ask a question. That, that, y'all, this is my favorite verse. I will probably every Easter sermon and probably several more times a year will we'll, we'll put this verse somewhere in it. I don't think I'll ever be able to take it out. When I wrote my column in the star this, this year for Easter, I had to include it. I just got to. It may be my favorite verse in the whole Bible. I don't know. I challenge myself with it. I challenge my ministry with it. Every year and month that go on, I want to challenge myself and know more about it. And I want you to know you need to challenge yourself with it every day. The angel says to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He ain't there. And he is the God of the living. And he raises dead people to life, but he don't hang out in the graveyard. You ain't going to fight. He, he was here. He ain't here anymore. He ain't coming back. And I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know what you're doing here. See, this is my favorite verse. This is a life verse. This is how, y'all, Easter isn't just something that's going to happen in the future. It is something you challenge yourself with every day. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life in relationships that drain you? Why are you looking? Why do you stress yourself out? Working so much for cars you ain't got time to drive and homes you ain't never at. You think that's the American dream? No, that's fake. And you may accomplish it all, but I promise you won't be, you'll be stressed out. You'll die young or live long with a lot of back and body aches because you overdid it for something that is not living. They'll celebrate your career and your kids won't even know you. 
You'll be, you'll be buying lost time when they're old and you're almost dead. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Because those girls, the angel said, he ain't here and he ain't coming back. You won't find him here. Why? Why do you stress yourself out taking a hundred pictures instead of being present on your family vacation? Because your kids are going to throw those pictures away. 99% of them. You want to know why? We're, we're about to downsize. We're trying to move out of our house. I done thrown a bunch of pictures I love away. Didn't keep many. Your kids, if they really have health and wholeness one day, your pictures are getting thrown away. My great grandkids, they better not. They can, I hope somebody remembers my name. Don't keep all my pictures. Because I'm gone and God is doing something in your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. And you're sitting here on a family vacation trying to show everybody else that you got a whole family, trying to have some collections for your kids, and you ain't even there. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why? Why? Why are you trying to live like you're in your 20s? It cost you then, and it's going to cost you even more now. It wasn't, oh, I just had fun. No, you didn't. You didn't have fun. And you, you ain't going to have fun now. You're going to run everything you've tried to work for in the ground. Don't be going to the square every weekend or even once a month. You are 40 years old. That is over. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? You, it, it, hey, you, you remember your dating life when you were 20? Well, look at it. I'm telling you, it'll be a lot worse. It, 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 divorces, custody battles, all your retirement's going to go. Why do you look for the living among the dead? You're like, I ain't you never got married. Yeah, that's why, because you're trying to live like that. There ain't no life there. Ain't nobody, anybody's got sense. Somebody that's trying to live a life ain't going to date you doing that. And if they do, you're going to be divorced and have a miserable life. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you invest so much in your attire and your appearance? And why do you expend so much energy on other people's expectations? Because God didn't put it on you. You did. Tight. Control. Hold tighter. Jesus said, you will not find it there. You will find it losing your life, giving it up. Surrender it. Surrender it. We invest so much in trying to feel like we're living. Other people affirming that we're living. You will not find life and winning in, an, in, a, in the degree. By all means, get the degree. I got them too. But I found out that, that, that it didn't make me feel good. It didn't make me feel any better than when, I got, when they didn't think I could get the degree before or after. I just got a degree and the debt to go with it. Still got that too, by the way. You will not find it in alcohol and drugs. You will not find it in your escapes that they may have saved you for a minute, but now you're stuck in them and don't know how to live without them. You will not find it in a good man, a good woman, a good family, raising successful kids. It will not give you what you think it's going to give you. And, and what will be worse is you'll be even more empty because you'll get to the, the top. And it's lonely. Because it ain't living. And Easter is a promise. Why are you looking? It's a challenge. Why do you look for the living among the dead? You will not find it grieving over your past. You can grieve for a minute, but there is a time to get back in the game. And if you don't get back in the game, people are like, life goes on. No, it'll leave your butt behind. And if you want to stay at the graveyard when Jesus is in the life business, you stay all you want to. But don't complain about God. It ain't on God. It's on your decisions. And I love you too much not to tell you the truth.
Even you jokers, I ain't even got to shake your hand because there's so many people here. I didn't get to say, hey, I, will, I love you because Jesus loves you and I know it because he created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You just hadn't lived up to that because you won't, you won't lose yourself. You, you won't surrender. You're just holding tighter. You will not find it holding on to bitterness and resentment. You will not find it. You will not find it putting on a show. You may be a great pretender, man. That's Steve Aoki's song. I'm a good pretender. I'm t- I, the better show you put on, the more I feel sorry for you because you may fool other people, but you ain't fooling yourself and you will not find what you're looking for until you decide that I got to surrender this thing. I got to choose life right now. I got to choose it right now. Right now. Right now. Easter is every day. I, yeah, Easter is eternal. Absolutely, y'all. Let me spend some time on that. Absolutely, it's eternal. When that casket is lowered into the ground way too soon of somebody you love and you did not want to lose that quickly, it doesn't make sense. Easter is eternal. Paul, uh, Paul uh, mocked death. He said, oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? He says, "If it, honestly, the resurrection is the single uh, most important moment in, Christ, in our Christian faith. They ever found the body of Jesus? Our faith is probably pretty dead. Paul said that. Because when, when, this ain't it. When somebody leaves this earth too soon or when I leave it one day or we leave it a long time from now, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. I believe that Easter is eternal. It is, this life is, it, it feels big because we're in it, but it is not the end. It is only the beginning. I believe that. It's what makes all the craziness and the tragedy in your life, my life make sense. Everybody's always loved the Mercy Me song. I can only imagine. I mean, it's blessed our culture for decade, for a couple decades. My favorite song that speaks to my spirit is, uh, I was I walked in here praying over the seats this morning, listening to it. It's I Will Rise by Chris Tomlin. And the reason I love that song is because it came out the same time that my dad passed away and I had to preach his funeral. And I just remember bawling and belting the song, just bawling because I baked my life on it. That my daddy couldn't find peace here, but he's at, he's at peace with Jesus. Yes, sir. Oh, he found what he couldn't find here with Jesus, but it was offered to him here. I'm, I'm t- Easter is eternal. It's eternal. It's, etern- it's an eternal promise. I celebrate that. I've been on the bedsides of people that were nearing their last breath, and I've been able to share with them that Easter is eternal. I've been able to say that this is not the end. People that died young, people that died old, people that weren't going to live much longer, people that never really got to live and were about to die, I got to share with them. Easter is eternal, but that is not my message to you today. It's not my message. That's my message when you're about to die. My message to you today is Easter is every day. Jesus said the kingdom of God is near. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus prayed to the Father. He said, your will be done here as in heaven. That don't sound like tomorrow or eternity to me. That sounds like right now. Every single day. Day, every decision you make. When you make a bad one, you begin to make good ones. You begin to look at your next step, not overthinking about 10 of them ahead. Easter is every day. I got some scripture. You know, I don't need to tell, I don't need to say any more craziness. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to you your mortal bodies.
not spiritual, right here in this building. By the same spirit living within you. Tell somebody, say he's talking to you. Paul said, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Right here, right now. Whether you got a month left to breathe or whether you got uh, many, many years left, he wants to do something new. The Bible says new thing, new song a lot. He died for everyone. Excuse me, nope. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. He died for everyone so that those who, will, who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ because that's winning. That's living, not living, uh, chasing money and success and your spouse trying to fix them and, and, and make them love you and not, uh, not, not trying to fix your kids. He says, instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Paul cried out, he said, I want this. He wrote this in prison. Paul said, I want, to, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This is something we don't like to hear. He said, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. See, here's the thing. You don't get Sunday without Friday. And you also don't get Sunday repeating Friday. See, Jesus was crucified once. But what you've been doing is making the same mistakes over and over. You've been, you've been stuck in Friday doing the same stuff. Even bad seasons are harder because of your bad decisions. And Paul said, I want to share in the power of his resurrection. I want to suffer with him. But you don't have to suffer every day. You need to start making some changes and quit looking for the living among the dead. You don't have to keep dating the same ver- a different version of the same person. You don't have to keep putting up with the things you put up with at work. Quit making the same financial decisions. Start being, quit being flaky and follow through. I don't know what your story is. I'm just saying. Jesus got crucified once. But you get up every morning, you crucify yourself every day for the mistakes you made. And you wonder why you truly haven't experienced what Paul was praying for. It's because you are killing yourself. But God, say, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. Say live. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Oh my God, I need his grace. I'm so thankful he hadn't given up on me because I'm as much of a mess as you. I just don't, I'm honest with it. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside of you. You are seated with heavenly pl- in, in heavenly places. So when you don't feel like you're enough, when you walk in and you have anxiety, some of you right now, you got anxiety being in this big old thing. You are seated with him. The same spirit, the same strength. That we celebrate 2,000 years later almost. It lives inside of you. That is your position. But it's time for you to take your position. That is your position. Well, I don't feel like it's my position. Well, it's time for you to choose it. Take your position. Tell somebody, say, take it. 
Say it like you mean it. Online, drop a comment and say, take it. Whether the cancer stays or goes, take your position. Whether they like you, respect you, receive from you, despise you, say, take it. Take your position. Whether the bank account is raining or draining, take it. Say, take it. Take your position because you are seated in heavenly places. You are the same spirit, y'all. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. He let go. And he was raised to life. Paul said, I die daily. Dead people don't have egos. Dead people don't make bad business deals. Dead people don't cuss everybody out and lash out on social media all the time. Dead people aren't overly dramatic and ridiculously sensitive. Dead people don't have pride that will run them in the grave before they will be honest and admit they're wrong and and make amends with people. I could keep going on. Dead people are dead. And we got a bunch of people that are trying to grasp for life. And Jesus said, let go. Because God raises dead people to life. Not broke people. Not good people. Not dramatic people. You've been doing the best you can do. That's your problem because God raises dead people to life. You got to die. Paul said, I die daily. And he said that in a season of his life where they were trying to kill him. He was in heavy persecution. And he said, I die daily. I surrender daily. I step out of the boat daily. Daily. Every day. Every decision. Daily. Easter is every day. Easter isn't something that we celebrate because of one day. The Bible says that God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. But it's time for you to trust Him. It's time for you to step. Choose life every day. Don't just make a decision. Well, I want to go to eternity one day. Why don't you you want to experience Him today? Because I question your motives if He ain't just as good today as He's going to be one day. You need to choose life in your marriage You need to quit trying to fix your spouse and start working on yourself. Because they're getting tired of hearing it. And you're eventually going to burn a bridge unless you work on your own heart. Let them see your conversations change. Let them see your heart and attitude change. Let them them see it. They may not like it. They may get challenged by it. They may be intimidated by it. But it's time for your marriage. Say, choose life. Right now. Say, choose life. You need to choose life in your depression and your anxiety. You need to choose life today, right now, every single day. Choose life with your self-indulgence and your self-pity and your self, your bigotry, your hypocrisy, your self-righteousness. Choose life. Because I don't want to choose to make it look good. I want to choose life. Some of you got chronic pain and chronic sickness and anxiety and shame. Choose life, y'all. I know that with this many people, there's somebody that's toying with the idea of suicide. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You may think to yourself that I will make the people who love me, I will make their life easier if I take my own. And yet, I'm telling you, do not make a split-second decision because when you take your life, it's not only a lie, the people that love you want you here because they love you, but it... Don't let a split-second decision rob you of the life that God wants to give you right now every day as you build and rebuild the life that God wants to give you. Choose life.
choose life. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at iamcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.